It's me, Mario. How are you, Zach? I don't know how bad that sounded. <laughs> well, it sounded like um, like Elmo and Mario had a baby. I mean, Elmo is pretty close to Mario anyway, right? I mean, he doesn't. He, he but Elmo like has like a bit of a more childlike, you know, sound to him. Yeah, more playful sound. Yeah, yeah. I get. I guess and, that's and, true. And Mario is just an Italian plumber. <laughs> you can't. I can't go oh, up that high. Yeah, it, and it, then uh, what's his name? Almost like he. You know, he's like more in the like the cheeks. What? Oh man, you know, I, who was it that? Actually, when I practice it, I get it pretty good. I think I'm. I can do a Mario fairly well. I have to. I have to tweak the ammo out of it, but then <laughs> tweak the ammo. <laughs> I gotta I gotta scrape the ammo out of my Mario. That sounds so gross. Ooh, I gotta find better words. Well, but, wouldn't you want to? You want to scrape 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 the Elmo out of your Mario? Is that what you said, or did you yeah, say that's the opposite? Exactly what I said. I thought you said no. the opposite. I don't thought. Well, time will tell in the recording, I guess. Yeah, okay. But that's <laughs> not important right now. No. Um, today. Well, we wanted to, you wanted to talk about gaming, Games. the effects of gaming or game theory, maybe even the, well, the importance, the science behind it, like mm. the, for not just for play, like in, like in the primal sense of play and just gaming in general, how we discover and invent things. Yeah. So what I kind of was thinking about was, uh, how does games and play help you develop your, as a child into an adult, but like, why do we play games? Like they there's uh the social aspect of it there's the lesson aspect and then also to think about if there's any games that are, have uh negative effects and not just positive well i know for a fact that that is a well-studied topic um and there's probably a lot of good science behind it that i don't know um i tried said, looking up some stuff but yeah. like youtube was was not giving it to me YouTube was giving me very little bits and it was very hard to like find, um, actual talks. Like, well, that's about... kind of promising. That means we could, if we took it seriously, we could do another episode where we just really dive down into it. Do like our own, maybe we should do our own research study. Like a documentary. Yeah. We should do our own research study. Why not? I mean, that's actually a really thrilling idea. Now I could, that's when I find, when I look for something on the internet and I can't find it, that means that my brain's like, well, you should make it. Yeah. Right. I think that's the first thing my brand says is like, well, that's what you it was do. just, and then, I don't know if it wasn't that it wasn't there. It just wasn't being presented, you know, like the algorithm when I would search my keywords, it wasn't mm. popping up. It was mostly about video games. Um, it was talking about uh, game development um, and not the development of people. <laughs> so there must've just been your keywords. So yeah. Like the, how yeah, I'm not sure, it. but I tried several different ways. I, I looked up uh, why are games important? Why do we play games, um, play in human development, games in human development? So I tried, you know, different ways of looking at it, but it was it was not giving me a terrible amount. Vsauce was one of the few that actually had a decent um, video about games and play. Well, have you ever seen the movie uh, War Games? Is that the one where he uh, accidentally hacks the... The what is it? This the basically the Pentagon's new Pentagon, computer. Yeah. So one of the one of the one of the um, 
themes, I guess you could say, or the, or the, the concepts rather in that uh, movie is not just sort of like the cradle of AI, but rather that from games is how we f- invent things. That's the, that's where our, the games are sort of like our brains playground for our imagination, right? Cause that's where games come from. They come out of the imagination. They're games. I think in my opinion at their core are a way to test reality, right? Yeah. No, there's a way to like test things and yeah. And like, and go through new ideas of, you know, of movement and thought and action. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. That's one of the things I like about games is that they're like, they're simulators at low risks and potentially high reward, you know, because like you can get a lot out of games, like a lot of, so let's think about what, what would be a game, any game that a kid would play, right. That they kind of make up. So say like uh, cops and robbers, right? So you're playing cops and robbers. There's very low risk, but because um, you're not really robbing a bank, you know, you're not you, there. There's a opportunity for conflict to arise and to be resolved. So you're learning those skills of how to um, be diplomatic, how to when to use violence and when to use um, your your body and how your body moves in space and you know cooperation you're getting into all these different nuances of life that you can experience through play and games it's a framework i agree it's also part of that framework i think is a a way to build morality as well um i had a really we had a strange game that i created when we were kids and i mean like seven eight or nine and like you mentioned cops and robbers so my version of that was called friends and we would make guns out of, um, you know, toy guns, of course. Oh, yeah. uh, they didn't shoot or do anything. They just looked like weapons out of wood. And du- we loved duct tape. And, I mean, we pissed our parents off. We would take, like, extensions from, like, the vacuum and then tape it up. You know, that would be a scope or a, <laughs> a barrel. You know, so, like, we would just find things around the house. Because mm-hmm. we, you know, we were just using our imagination to keep ourselves yeah. occupied, right? So each of us would spend like, you know, a couple hours out of the day, like making an arsenal for us to run around with. And then we'd run around and it was all about ambush, you know, in the forest behind our house. And we would, we would yell bang when we shot, right? Or yeah. boom. And it was an honor system. So if you spotted someone and yelled bang, right? And they didn't, whether they saw you or didn't, they had, they realized a shot was fired and it was, if it was at them, they had to like, you know, tap out. So it Dang. built a good trust yeah. amongst our friends because off the bat, the, these first few kids that we started hanging out with, and I know them now and we're in our 40s, we still talk and hang out. That was the, the fun, like the foundation of our trust because they never cheated, you know, or at least yeah. I don't remember. So <laughs> was it cheating. like, was it like long range tag, like hiding go see tag? Almost? It was basically range tag. Yeah. That's I mean, pretty sick. I like the that. limit. You know, yeah, the limit was based on how far you could hear someone right so it wasn't mm-hmm. really that far away i mean we were no, like but sniping. i mean you know like uh even 10 feet you know tw- uh 15 five meters you know yeah but that's a good amount right i mean especially um, for seven-year-olds yeah so that's awesome though like the the imaginary play and uh uh fantasy play is what they call that where you're actually using your imagination and you're getting involved and you're you're using everyday objects to think about them in different ways that's something that we kind of lose as you grow up because you keep getting told, this is what this object's for. This is how you use it. Don't go outside this framework. So, and and that's like throughout that. So it's like pro, even computer programs, they, they do that to you. Um, 
but, but that's awesome because I think it's very important to keep that part of your mind alive and think of things in different ways and not just to stay in the same box. Animators yes. are ridiculously good at doing that. Like animators are really good at, they can take a brick. Not only is it a brick, but it can be like, now it's a house. Now it's a, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a brick of cheese, you know, and it changes into right. its different things and different, like, you know, different yeah, ways. That's, to, that's to like to the use fundamentals it. of that, right? Like yeah, just it's, taking it's, a shape. And yeah, it's just it taking a shape and, and changing it and, and subverting it and making it into something different. Yeah. So, no, I agree. I think that that's a strong skill to have. It's one that I still use today, definitely. I mean, most of my problem solving skills was based on the come things. from your imagination yeah yeah from playing making up games and that was our favorite thing to do at least mine like most of the games we played as a kid um i would like make up like i would spend time at school or on the bus or you know like in my free time i would think oh what game am i going to play i want to make up a new game for me and my friends to play tonight you know or this evening or whatever this weekend so like another one was we another one i, I called it night games and all it was was like tag at night but what was mm. cool about it was we weren't allowed to use any lights or anything. So, you know, we would choose like the darkest possible night to like find each other and play tag. And if you found someone and everybody was against each other, like sometimes we would do teams and stuff. But what was amazing was like how what I what I paid attention to was how good some of my friends were, including myself and how bad some of them were at like spotting things at night. So like not just their eyesight, but their ability to identify objects in the dark. Yeah, you know, because I had moments where like a friend came right up to me and stared at me for like it felt like a whole minute because his brain it felt like his brain was trying to determine if I was real or not because I was still as as you know as, <laughs> as, as gravestone it so wasn't funny. moving and he didn't see me and so he you know he he went on he, he went on to like look for someone else because he didn't think anyone anything was there and That's so I, I won I got away <laughs> man one of the games that I remember like making up was that uh, it was. It was at a rendezvous, which is like a Renaissance fair, but more forward in time. And mm -hmm. I was a kid, and um, a bunch of us other kids got together, and we went into the cornfield that was next to us, and we made forts, and then we took like corn like off the stalks and started throwing, finding each other, and throwing it at each other. Like that was our that was our game, and we had to take over the the fort. I don't really know how you won or lost. We just it was just a fun thing was throwing corn at each it's other just and like searching attrition. for each other. Yeah. You can yeah. kind of tell who's winning, you know, it's like who's more aggressive or who's hit more targets. Like, yeah, of thing. right. Like, we, because like, I don't remember like winning or losing at all. I just remember making a fort, collecting some corn and throwing it at other kids. Yeah. You know, the funny thing too, is cause, uh, we had a similar kind of game. Um, we called the dominoes and my, um, it's funny, my current roommate, um, we were, I'd say probably 12 at the time, 12 or 13, maybe. Yeah. About that age. And what we would do is we'd go into his mother's basement. He had this huge, long, empty basement that was carpeted and he had these dominoes from a board game that would glow in the dark. So we'd put them under like a fluorescent lamp for like 10 minutes or something while we did other shit. And then they became nuclear. So then we would turn off all the lights and then all you could see in the dark was someone holding the ammo. So the idea okay. was, was basically dodgeball with these glowing dominoes <laughs> oh in the gosh. dark. So we would, we would pitch them. I mean, it was a long distance throw, it was yeah. a long basement. And we would pitch them across this basement trying to hit each other, but we couldn't see each other at all. Like it was pitch black. So you're just aiming so, for the. Dan, those are some skills that you're learning right there. That's dude, awesome. Man. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was blind fighting, essentially, right? We had to like yeah. guess where that person was. And it was funny because if you're, when you paid really close attention, you know, you, you could tell he hit someone because 
if it hit a soft body, the way it would thud and fall as opposed to hitting the wall and bounce. So you knew you hit someone. So they couldn't lie. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you could tell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could tell the difference between the right the of a flesh and the and the ping of the floor. That's what we did as kids, man. And we, every every week we, we we made up new games. You know, we would joust with noodles on our bicycles on a gravel road. That was fun. So- we're kind of like having this conversation here talking about games and cooperative conversation and things like that. What do you think about everyone getting a trophy regardless of if you won or lost? Because I mean, does that matter? The trophy anyways? I think trophies are like titles and like a lot of things that we do in life. They're basically a way they're, they're basically just evidence in my mind. It's Mm, a way to prove that you did something you said you did. Right. Yeah. So that so that the the glory and adulation that that moment had could it in, can be transferred even if it's a a twenty five percent transfer over to the, a stranger or another person who, who who then discovers the story behind the trophy, right? Because it's like, um, you know, there's I I often think about this too. Like, there's so many things sometimes I've done in my life that were just I thought really profound, but it's like I'm the only one that knows that happened, or perhaps. Right. You know what I mean? Or or maybe one other person, the person I helped, they yeah. might remember it. Or maybe not. I've I've seen that happen too. Like you do something profound for someone and, and it doesn't mean anything to them, but not like in a cynical way. Like they right. just, just, it just, it just didn't. meant more to you than it, the interaction meant more to you than it did to the other party. Yeah. So I think when it comes to like sports and games, a trophy, I think it is important. I, I think it's, it's not important to the ego because the ego of the person who earned the trophy they have their memory is better than the trophy right because they yeah. were there well, that's so they what remember saying. the total like, experience that's what i was kind of thinking about was that the experience of playing the game was is more important than getting the trophy but i think i think that having the trophy also is, is a cool thing to get in its own way it's a reward right it's like you did good you got first place look at it's this goal. trophy yeah yeah it's a, it's a goal it's something to work for and that i think is um, a powerful motivator and, and important in its own way but i really think that it's like a lot of games i don't really play games anymore um that are like social like with another person to play the game the game in itself is not cool or fun to me like say D&D or um, cards or, you know, whatever, dominoes, whatever we're playing, like that's not really fun in its own right. What's fun and and important to me is the social interaction. Like that's what really I'm getting after is this bonding experience and this, in this time that I'm spending with my friends. I agree. That is, um, that's always the the largest attractor for me as well. the 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 adulation i feel or the pride i feel from you know a moment where i step above the rest is, is immense and it, yeah. it sort of gives you like a street cred whatever yeah, yeah. don't get me wrong i love winning like yeah winning right. is, <laughs> winning is yeah. awesome like that is i right. still i'm gonna play hard and i'm gonna you know i'm still competitive in that way but it would mean nothing if you didn't have your team if you exactly didn't have your, your team or your comrades. friends there just like to to play against like it doesn't because it, like it's not cool when I play like uh if I played the same game on a computer, say I played um oh, okay let's just make a simple go fish like if I'm playing go fish I'm playing because I want to I'm, I'm playing with my friends or I'm playing with my niece or whoever right um but if I play goldfish on the computer and I was beating the computer or Uno or whatever it's like okay cool whatever what a fun time waster like that wasn't like 
You know, yeah, it was, it, it was, was a profound or important to me. Yeah, for me, it's like the way I look at it is um, it's more like sharpening your knife, right? You're, you're not, it's still the same knife uh, when you play against the AI or the computer because they're obviously, you know, that's an interesting thing though. I mean, like for example, one thing I paid attention to when I played games with my friends as kids, when we were kids, is um, one thing I rather I didn't pay attention to was when we would quit or why we would quit playing a certain game in a day, right? And it didn't become aware to me that my friends, some of my friends were so competitive and so egotistical that we were quitting the game because they had lost interest. That didn't become a, a I wasn't aware of that until we started playing video games. So when video games entered our summer weekends or our summer break, right? And we, we, we got Super Nintendos and the Sega Genesis and things like that. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, of course, right away, oh, Mortal Kombat. Who doesn't want Mortal Kombat for their, you know, at home? Mm-hmm. So I was the first one to get Mortal Kombat. So, of course, everybody came over to, you know, our house to play it. And that's when I started to notice that, and this is just a difference in character. I'm not patting myself on the back. But when I would lose consecutively, it encouraged me to play more, to play longer yeah. and to practice and so that when they would come back, I would have more victories. But when some of my friends would lose, it was just a way for them to quit. They, you know, mm-hmm. they, they, sometimes it's, it would take two losses and they were done. All right, let's do something else. Like, I, I can't stand losing. You know, they were sore losers, yeah. basically. And once I started realizing that that was like a human trait, I started applying that logic to memories and other things that I had been through. And that's when I realized, oh, you know, a lot of these games that we played as kids, we only stopped them because some of my friends were sore losers. <laughs> they didn't like to keep losing. And that, of course, is a common trait. I mean, it's a derogatory term, but I mean, what else do we call it? I mean, that some people just don't don't so, see loss as a challenge. They see it as a dead end. Yeah, you know, we've like talked about put on. Um, the bigger mouse beating up the little mouse all the time. And then um, the little mouse doesn't want to play anymore. And oh, then, yeah. yeah, so the if the bigger mouse will let the the littler mouse win the the rough and tumble play every so often, that will keep the the spark and the the wanting of play in that little mouse. Um, and that's kind of where that goes along into. But my brother was the same way. Like if I beat him in anything, I was always the bigger mouse in everything that me and my brother did because I'm two years older than him and I've just been more athletically channel uh, or uh, athletically. Um, um gifted gifted, yeah yeah. um in our in our pursuits in our play so like he would always lose and he would always give up and i I hated it when he would give up in the middle of a game like no matter what oh my gosh it's like just i don't care if you're losing just finish the game just like it doesn't matter i don't even yeah like i don't even care if i lost at this point i just want to i just want to finish it because i hate leaving things unfinished like like that, that that just it's like a like a tick in my brain just like it's like you know you got that thing there you know come on it's not it's not done yet well it's one thing to quit over competition but when you quit in the middle of a competition you're you're killing the honor of what's the dignity yeah it was a contract that we signed together you know we agreed that we were going to play this and play the whole thing and then you just left it's like okay like that was that that is the character that is a characteristic that i i am always analyzing in other people uh, especially those that I will consider my friends or like in, in the sense that people that I would trust to do things with, 
right? Or, or even higher, let's say, mm-hmm. or train. Um, because if you have, if you don't, if you're willing to quit, if you're willing to end, kill the honor of a competition, that means you don't have any respect for the game at all. You have no dignity, yeah. no respect for others. And so you are, you're actually a pretty vile person, I think, because of that. And I, I think it, it's a trait that can be fixed. That's pretty, that's it, pretty intense to say they're a vile person. I think, but. I think they are. I think, I think, um, I think there are super villains walking around all the time. They just, <laughs> and they just haven't had a, yeah, a but at least their will to, at least their will to succeed is that low though. You know, yeah. it's like the saying, um, when, when the going gets tough, the tough gets, get going, you know? You can, it kind you of falls into that, that two ways. Yeah. There's gotta be, <laughs> when the going gets tough, the weak get weaker. I don't know, man, but it's. Yeah. I think that that is one of the most, well, what I think, one of the most important traits or characteristics to take away from gaming, as far as a positive is concerned, is that. Playing games as a kid definitely taught me or began the instruction of how to judge other people for their qualities and compare them to my own. And when I started doing that, then I started looking at what I could improve in myself and what I wanted to improve, you know, Hmm. and it also created, um, you know, it created a new what do you call a checkpoint in my mind for, you know, a, a category of things that upset me and things that please me. Right. Cause how many, how many check, how many categories do we, how many times do we do that with every topic in our mind, with reality, with life, with everything that goes on? It seems like every subject there is ways to, you know, not just learn, but look at things in a good way or look at things in a bad way and discover what, you know, what matters to you, how to discriminate, <laughs> how to discern. Yeah. And what you want to be like and what you want to add to your attributes and what you want to see other people doing like, Oh, I definitely don't want to be doing that. Do you think that's kind of like where athletes can become heroes? Because I never understood that. Like why, how an athlete or someone or a movie star or anyone that you don't personally know could be a hero to you. Like, and like, it's just like, you don't know what that person's like. You don't know what they do. And plus, why would you, why don't you just want to be like yourself? Like to me, that didn't never made sense. Well, so do you think that's well, where it's coming from though? Is that it's like, these are qualities that I see from the way they play the game. Like, that's what I want to do. Like, I want to I be honest and trustworthy and all these other things, you know, and, and hard going, you know? Well, the harder you focus this is something that this is a, a moral dilemma I have, I've had my entire life because it seems to me the harder you focus on something, the more morality you have to break in order to reach the new goals that you set. So whatever your plan for success is, mm-hmm. you know, what you think will make you happy. I feel one has to be very careful about because about achieving yeah, about achieving because what you want to achieve, it's like, I, I'm trying to think of an example, but like, um, uh, we were talking about this in our last episode a little bit with uh, companies and how they, in their drive to succeed and do better, like get more money pretty much and, uh, get their brand out there. They're, they're breaking different morals to, in order to do that. Right. But that's, I think, 
I think the difference there is that that is that is more folk that is more a conversation about the the competition of of of, of the competition in the game itself, right? Mm-hmm. What what you ought to do based on what you what you, what you ought to do in order to reach whatever your goals are. But when they're just personal goals, like in an athlete, right? Mm-hmm. Like what you know, say that your only focus is to to beat yourself or to beat your next opponent. I think you have to shut out a lot. I mean, I think it's with any realm of success or, you know, anything you focus on, that's, that's, that's how I understand it, how I believe it, I guess. And anytime I've succeeded, and the reason I believe that that way is because anytime I've succeeded at something in life, that took great effort. I had to do that. I had to cut out a lot. I had to, I had to, I had to ignore a lot about myself and other minor responsibilities in right. life or in t- at times even hurt myself or others in order to get what I wanted in order to achieve, you know, a certain goal. Well, and you're think, trying to find your balances in life, right? Cause you can only, there's only so many hours in a day and there's so only so many things you can do. So you hmm. have to turn up your, say you have a uh, hundred Watts of energy, right? And you have five categories. Well, you can't put a hundred Watts in each thing. That's so true. you're going to have to find which ones you're going to have to lower and other ones you're going to have to, or you can or want to put more energy into. I mean, yeah, I think uh, like the old saying goes, there not, there's nothing's free. Everything comes with a price, you know? It yeah. Is. Even what you're doing, just doing yeah. things comes at a price because you're sacrificing uh, time in another aspect. Right. And I, I also think that, you know, it's not healthy to think of as what you do with your time as, as, as just an automatic waste. If it, if, if every moment isn't spent on achieving some dream, well, I it think is only relaxation if- is important too. I think you have to spend time on just decompressing. I think that's very important because otherwise you just become overworked, overstressed and you, you burn right. out. Right. You know? And I think that's what I, well, when it comes to professional athletes, the best ones seem to realize that their downtime is part of the formula for yes. their greatness. It's no, not, it really is. It's not an interruption. It's not a, it's a holdback uh, as long as it's properly utilized, I guess. And, and it's not just athletes. It's anyone working in computers too. You can't, you cannot stare at a screen all day. Your eyes and your brain will just go numb. Like you'll mm-hmm. just like stop, you'll stop caring. Your production level will go down. You have to take a break, walk around for every, like say like every hour or so, just walk around for five minutes and kind of just, all right, I did some work. We're good. You know, I'm taking a little break getting some water. You're, you're seeing, you're experiencing other things that you can actually put into your work. Say you're working at a, uh, like a company, right? You, t- you take five minutes to walk around. You kind of look what, at what other people are doing and you see someone else doing some badass shit. Like, fuck, I can do that. Oh, cool. Okay. Let's do Let's like, I see what you're doing. Let me add some, incorporate that into what I'm doing a little bit too. So you know, I think that's important is that, that downtime. It is. And then I think the most, I know, I know for sure the most important thing to me about any game or work or problem is problem solving. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, at any time is that if that is ever removed, if, if work becomes monotonous to me, uh, my brain shuts off and I'm just done. You know, I don't find comfort in that. I know like I'm the opposite of, I guess, someone who does. You know, when it comes to that, like some people like uh, their job getting easier. They like, they like it feeling just, you know, something that they can manage without a lot of stress. It can just be easy for them to do. 
I like you know, the feeling of out complicated. not sucking at something. Like that makes me feel good. But I do mm-hmm. like the the aspect of like there's always a problem to solve. You know, if I'm good at problem solving, then you know I'm fine with that. If I get really good at it and it's, it comes easy to me, like that's okay because I'm still being challenged in a sense because it's like I still have to think about. You know, even it's serving, you know, I have to think about like um, my path, right? I, which way am I going to go from the kitchen to my table? And wh- how, what um, what lines am I going to take to go across these three different tables? Like, because they can take different shapes. Sometimes it's a one line. Sometimes it's like an L. Sometimes it's a stack of three tables. So it's like, how am I going to make this easiest for me? You know, that's that's right. what that's kind well, of that- part of the fun in it. That's why I don't think it, it's not a it's not a cliche, and I, I guess I do bristle a little when people mock at it that you know that everything in life is a game. Everything in life is a game. Everything life is itself a game. is a game, man. <laughs> yeah, every everything you do is in some form a game. It's based on victory and loss and cooperation. You, know? you can break and, it down even to yeah. the simplest things. You know, I mean, when I say victory and loss, I don't just mean like a finish line or a war. I mean like you know, like you said, like getting to a table on time and pleasing your, your customers, things like yeah. that. Like that, that's a victory, right? It is. It is a victory. The opposite would be yeah, a loss. It feels good. Right? No, yeah. absolutely. Like uh, sometimes people stiff you and sometimes people will give you great tips. And I feel like it doesn't really matter how good you did or how bad you did. Like some people just tip well, some people just don't. Mm-hmm. And the thing, the, the, the way you can really judge yourself is by just feeling, did I do my best? Did I do everything I possibly could have? to to make this everything happen on time efficiently and you know all these other things so as long as you're doing that i think that's what's important is to be always improving on yourself like thinking about how can i do this better next time like did i did i fail or did i succeed in this aspect and that is the i mean that is the core problem solving i think you know is how to get just whatever you you lack not experience but skill in you're trying to get better at yeah, well, that's one of the things are, I like yeah, about right. 3ds Max a lot too. Was that there's like a hundred different ways to do the same thing, like you can how to approach a problem. Yeah, yeah. how to how to just how to model something. Like you could you can do plane modeling, you can do line models, you can do all these different types of ways to. Uh, you could you could start with a cylinder. You could start with a sphere. Like you could choose how you want to attack this model, and and come out in which way. It's going to be the easiest in which way sometimes the thing you think is going to work just doesn't work. It doesn't work out the way you wanted it to. So you had to find a different way to model that same object, which is, you know, it's really cool and really fun. It's uh writings the same way, you know, it's a lot of problem solving. It's about who has the biggest bag of tricks, you know, how, how are you going to get this horse to relax its head? How are you going mm-hmm. to make self carry? You know, there's different ways to do it. And each horse is different because, you know, they have the, a mind. So they have the, 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 they, they think about things in different ways, just like you and I do. Do you think that, um, most of what we're talking about right now are the positives of gaming or games of play? What are the, what are some of the most, more significant negatives or do you think, or is it possible that, um, part of the negatives that we see in people in society are in part to the way we teach and play games, not just video games, but mm-hmm. um, play, like what is allowed amongst play and children in general. So throughout uh, this conversation, I think yeah. we sussed out that um, games can tell you negative aspects about your co-gamers, right? 
They can yeah. tell you what they what they lack, what they're good at, what they're bad if they're at. Cheaters, if they're yeah. cheaters, if they're you know, Liars. if they're morally complicated or com- mm-hmm. uh, compromised. Mm-hmm. Um, are there? Ga- I think games can be negative if you get a big ego about your game, right? Like you, if you start to think, yeah, I'm the best, you know, I'm so good at this, and everyone else sucks, you know. Like I think that that a game can reinforce. Game in- I think it reinforces that uh, that mm-hmm. mentality though. I think until you have been brought down a peg, it's going to keep happening. It's going to keep escalating, and you're just going to like. Well, isn't that based on reward, though? I mean, if if the game is rewarding that, then that's why it is sought out. That's why it influences the player to be that way. Yeah, but I still think that's a negative aspect. It's it's it comes from the person itself, right? Mm-hmm. But I think the game is reinforcing those those ideas. But it doesn't like a, ruin the game, though, does it? I mean, it doesn't. Ruin no, I don't character. think the game is inherently bad. I think that the game just it's just a byproduct of the game re- reinforcing the the person's uh already preset um uh personality. So take like a football. Trash talk is one of the most important aspects. I mean I really do think it's important for like lots of different sports is you know is hazing and trash talk not just with teammates but really more with your, Again, your opposing yeah. teams, teammates. Well, that's one of the things, like um, in, in on online games, when people talk about uh, toxic players, I mm. thought that you could talk to the other team. I thought that's what they were talking about. But apparently, most of it is within your own team. And I'm like, that doesn't make right. any sense to me. Like, why would you talk shit to your own team? Like that? How is that helpful? <laughs> like, why would you do that? Like, you're well, not going to make them any yeah. better by you ragging on them, saying you're going to fuck their mother or whatever, you know. Well, I think that's one of the, I think one of the major negatives about um, competition anonymously, like with online gaming, is that it doesn't, it doesn't seem to build any camaraderie because there's no respect for people as individuals. It's almost like you're just playing with a computer that talks as well as the average idiot, right? (laughs) I mean, imagine for a moment that you went, like I used to play Yahoo Chess. I used to think about this, like imagine for a moment that I was playing chess online with a computer program, but if that computer program talked was a bot that talked shit like any <laughs> average player, and I didn't know it was a bot, like would I think any differently? You know what I'm saying? Like I don't. I all that proved to me is that I didn't think of the, my competitors or my teammates in an online game as human. I, I think, I, even when I knew they yeah, were human, I didn't think really. of them as human. Yeah, so I mean, you know, inherently, just like my you mind, can't see them. You think you? Don't I mean, see that's the person. I think that's so the big. Yeah, were, I really think that's the main thing. Because I guess when you played with your friends, uh, Mortal Kombat, right? You saw them as human. You saw you still saw the person. You didn't think of them. I as saw a, them as yeah, as a, as a person, right? I mean, like you know, I kind of felt that too. Because when I played Mortal Kombat online, it feels like a very difficult AI. I'm like, this AI is so hard. I can't beat it. You know, right? And I think um, that is also your brain's main approach to unraveling the necessary steps to conquer it as well it doesn't consider the opponent if you really pay attention to your thoughts because i noticed that with me at least that when i really pay attention to my thoughts my brain isn't really thinking of my opponent as human just like you said it's a really difficult computer program to beat yeah but when you play football right you don't really you don't do that with your teammate you don't ever talk but you'll talk crap to the opposing team sometimes like if, if when you're across right. the line you're like it's like i know you're gonna submarine me so i'm just gonna push you right down like don't even try it you know well and it's also not about i mean toxicity of of online 
players and gamers and I've done it myself. I've, you know, I, I call it mannering, you know, like where you just, you know, you would, you start off saying nice things, right. To get them to be like friendly and open and sort of drop their guard. And then as soon as they make even the most minor mistake, you just shit all over them. You just make them feel like they're nothing because it, it just completely, they're just, dis, they're disarmed. Their shield is down, you know, mentally, <laughs> psychologically the, as the opponent. Yeah, against the opponent, and now so they're you, yeah. It's a psychological game, right? I never thought <laughs> about that. Games. Yeah, so that that's what I'm doing is playing a mind game. I mean, I've had this conversation with many friends before, and I don't know which ones agreed or didn't, but I think it's true. And when I play PvP games, right, player versus player games online, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if it's a shooter or an MMO. I'm not really. I'm less concerned about the skill of the players I'm about to take on and, and compete with and fight against than I am with how well I can psychologically demoralize them. Now, back in the day when there were no filters for chat, I mean, no, you know, now you can't even talk to like anyone in most online games. There's just, they just got rid of it because, you know, it's just nothing but nine-year-olds yelling, you know, the N-word. And <laughs> obscenities. It gets, it's just obscenities and Jew hate. And so like, it just gets, <laughs> people just want to get, well, people just want to get down and dirty to yeah. psychologically disarm each other. Cause that's, what's going on is you, you know, cause now if I, if I trip up your thinking, right. Mm-hmm. It's like in racing, it's called leading, I believe. Right. Where, if you're watching the car in front of you rather than everything in front of you, then the car in front of you, that driver has control of what you over think you, yeah. over your movement. Mm-hmm. So he's going to lead you into traps, right? Into, into, into physical maneuvers with the vehicle that will spin you out or make you slow down or lose temporary control so that he can get an even greater gain wow. on you. That's cool. So yeah, exactly. And that's, that's what that's what my brain thinks about is shit like that when I'm playing against other people is how I can do that to them, how I can manipulate them so that they'll beat themselves because you can't, it, you know, it's often the case that you can't beat another player because they're just too good. Like I'm, I'm always going to run into players that are better than me, right? You know, I think that'd be like a really funny thing though is to hear trash talk from sports where there is no trash talk like in uh like nascar like you can't talk to the other team but imagine if you could like what well you have what, like some kind of like southerners like what would southern like uh trash talk sound like you know talk about like raccoons and how <laughs> and how you come from a trash panda family you know or like Dude, uh I, like you were talking about chess like what if you could talk yeah. your trash talk in chess but like only when it was the other player's turn so like at before they hit the when you hit the the, the timer you can start talking right for your because your turn's over so now you can talk and, to, and then once they hit the thing you have to stop talking <laughs> i'll give you an example of, of something i did and i that i did while playing chess once in a chess club in high school that i started actually and i was playing against a, a fellow student and i had a pretty good idea of what his next move was going to be what the smartest move next move would be mm-hmm. and my plan was the moment he did that i was already thinking about it you know, as soon as he makes this good move, the smartest move that he can, mm-hmm. I'm going to go, I'm going to say something like, Ooh, I wouldn't have done that. And then just move one of my pieces right away to make it look <laughs> like I had a counter plan in yeah. play, but yeah. I didn't, right. I was just moving a pawn up. That didn't mean anything to what my strategy was. Right. So he did that. He made the move that was the smartest move for him to make, which was a detriment to my strategy. And as soon as he did that, I made a counter move instantly. That meant nothing. It was just a counter. It was just a quick yeah. move, but I said that aloud. And then that, and then his hand went up to his chin and now he's thinking, right? Cause I just pokered him. I just poker yeah. faced him. Basically. I just made, I just, I just tripped him up. And I, I think to this day, I won that game because of that, 
that play that awesome manipulation. Though. That's so yeah. funny. That's so weird. <laughs> That's such a weird thing to think about, like how how you can manipulate people into sucking because of what you say as the opponent. See, because like whenever I heard, would play against people, I'd be like, whatever my opponent says is a lie. <laughs> you know, like they're yeah. not there to help me. They're they're not like everything they no. say is a lie. So it's like, exactly. why trust them? Why take their word on anything? Like the game is how lie. long. Yes. I think part yeah. of the game though, in mental, the mental game is how long can you ignore it? You know, how, who gets to you? You never know. It's like that guy Chael, that one of my favorite, like, uh, what was a UFC or MMA fighter? I can't remember. Um, Chael something. Oh, Sonnen. Chael Sonnen or something like that. I wish I could remember his damn name now. The guy was just the ultimate shit talker, right? Now yeah. he can back it up, right? So you, you could be, you could say he's not a shit talker. He's just good because he can see, he can, he can be arrogant, but he can also deliver. So that just right. means he's good. But even though he was that way, I feel like he beat a lot. When you watch his fights, I feel like he beat a lot of his opponents because he just talks such great, sh- you know, <laughs> the guy shit. that sucks him out. He his trash just, talk yeah. was just, yeah, he would psych them out so well. And I think that's really the only way to beat someone you know is better than you. You have it's to psych to, them out. to get them unsettled. Yeah. 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 Um, because, I, I, yeah. Speaking of MMA, I did see one thing where they were, the one guy was trash talking real hard and the other guy was just like sitting there taking it just like stone yeah. faced. Like, I don't care what you say. You're nothing. You're nothing. You know, he's just like, yeah, like stone facing. There's like that pregame thing where they meet up. And then yeah. it was like right before the, way, the, way the dude, in. Yeah. the dude comes in like that was trash talking comes in so hard and fast and the dude like takes one dodge and then knocks him out with the other punch. I was like, damn, <laughs> like that is insane, <laughs> like like that that got me. I was like, wow. So like, why waste your energy on shit talking? It was what, what I took away from that one though. It you it's you've got to be able if you're going to be the aggressive shit talker, you've got to be able to back it up. Yeah, right? that yeah. Like, that's like like my, my example of that guy chill or my example of the chess move like you've got to already be ahead in in your move and your plan of how you're going to back up what you're about to do or say mm-hmm. you know and there's different ways so i think that you could see that as a positive but i think that that's more a negative to competition i think the only reason it's a negative is because more and more of how we play games invent games and compete with games professionally is being done online i don't think athletic sports are going to go anywhere they're they're here to stay forever right as long as even if we got you know surrogate robot bodies we would still want to use them to their limit you know what yeah. i mean like to see how how awesome we can well, just be cool to watch things demolish each other that's yeah that's exactly right and I mean, it's how fun to cool. partake in that dude rough and tumble play is so fun it's awesome yeah. and it teaches you so much about you the world around you and other people it, it's so yes. cool yeah i think yeah it's so important um even playing like play fights with like people that are bigger than you say when you're a kid and you're fighting with your dad like that's like one of the most bonding experiences i ever had with my dad was just like play fighting with him i remember just trying to push him off the bed yeah (laughs) i'm like kid and i'm just trying to push him off like that that's all yeah (laughs) (laughs) just get him out of the ring like a sumo match and then when i get him like on that like that teeter like oh it's like that's like it's like (laughs) yes i got a strike that's that's your that's your window (laughs) (laughs) that's my victory it's just the whoa (laughs) yeah yeah no i yeah i think that um he totally threw me off with that (laughs) <laughs> sorry i had like a very visual memory of that like with my dad no just no no i think that's a good it's a good example of whatever i was gonna say so um um i do think though that you know for a long time especially with video gaming there's this argument that it fosters violence i think i think there is a here's what i think i think that there is 
an important conversation to have about that and, and a science to study of it. And I'm sure it is being done or has been done. I think the mistake is when it's used politically to blame, um, you know, to, to be the source of blame for like an active shooter or, or some other violence done in society. Yeah. I think that's when it's gone. I think when the, the naysayers have gone too far because they can't back that up with any evidence. Yeah. Right? And that in like anything, that's that should be the limit of our argument is is the evidence. Fortunately, it's not. But, you know, yeah. I do. I do think, however, though, because I think it's very clear that like movies and other media do do foster some kind of aggression, right? They do give your, it does give your mind um, sort of like a, a comparison to make for what aggression might be necessary in different situations. Because I know I, for sure that yeah. I get, I, I get aggressive sometimes just watching a certain movie, you know, and I can feel my, like my rational mind slipping and I'll even shout at the screen and clench my fist and scream and like roar. Like, you know, I just really get into yeah, it. Yeah, but, but, but you don't take that out to other people though. You don't, no, you don't not not necessarily but it does give me a framework to use if i have if i have to or want to and that's my point i think that it it is a type of manipulation like we were talking about earlier okay it's a I way guess, of speaking yeah, it gives to the mind a, yeah but i think it's more of an outlet than a uh than a than a boost you know i think it's more of a way to get rid of those um uh, those impulses and those urges it, well my point is that it's a release. reference my point is that it's a reference. I'm not saying that yeah, watching so a movie you, will make you go invade Poland. I'm so, just saying yeah, that. But I, so you're saying it's like a, it's it's a, what do you call it? It's something to, it, I can't think of the words. It's a modality for like proper, for what you would consider a proper response, especially if you were witnessing a type of violence, let's say that you have never, you have never executed or been the victim of. So you have only, your only mental reference is the movie you saw it in. Right. So you point? never thought about Kurt stopping someone until you saw it happen in American History X. It's kind of like what you're saying. Like well, you I've never curb stomped someone and I've never had it done to me. Right. So, well, so you would only thought about it is until, until Well, that's my point. Yeah. If I, okay. if, if for some reason I got so crazy, you know, mad with rage that mm -hmm. I wanted to curb stomp someone's face, that's, what, that's how I would do it. I would, my mind, that's the, literally that movie and that image is what my brain would tell me to do if I, if I got that far stupid, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's my point. Yeah, so it, gives, so, it does give you a reference for violence that you didn't have in, in the real sense. Yeah, I mean, it's just like any art form, but yeah, cause like you, it's, it's an imagination. It's like any art form. Yeah. All art is, is to show you different ways to, um, to, to see the world and to, and to give you new experiences and to see things. Wow. That was some really hippie shit. <laughs> I don't know how that's hippie. You got so, that got so great. Like philosophically, I don't like, you could say that about anything. What do you mean? Like, how does that relate? How does violence, how do we go from violence? To well, I that? think, I think violence can be beautiful in its own way, but I mean, the splattering, you know, that, that, that the way, in the way that the impact and everything and it comes across. I and mean, that's, it's a very, it's a very violent thing to paint like that. And you could also use that in violence, you know, it, it can still be beautiful. Anyways, I think, violent, I think violence and beauty are two separate things. I don't think they, they, they're not overlapping. Oh, dude, fire is one of the most violent things, but it's so beautiful to see the tunnel of fire. Oh, that's what you mean. So like, it's. I mean, okay, I get you, I get what you mean now. It's how it looks, not what it does. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, no, the 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 impact of violence and it and it hurting others and uh, 
and and d- destroying lives that's not beautiful but the, okay that's what i thought you meant so i was like yeah i don't think i agree with that I, I don't. <laughs> no no i mean suffering and pain can 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 show beauty but i mean it, it itself is not yeah so i think that's really that's really the only major negative i can think of is is um it's just, it's, another, it's just another way to blame the internet, really. I mean, you think about it, if you want to reduce it to that, but that's really what it is. You know, it's <laughs> the lack of interaction makes people brave. I mean, even Mike Tyson. Well, I think it's the, said it. it's, yeah, it's the, the lack of human, human interaction, seeing the other person. So I think if you saw like, kind of like how we are right now in a, in a, in a live stream, if you saw the other person, um, it might change the way you talk to them. Oh, no, video it, game. it absolutely would. I mean, there'd still be that, um, you'd still have that I'm in my car safety feeling. Yes. You know what I yes. mean? Like you wouldn't, you, I can shout at this other driver because I'm in my car. It's a giant weapon. I'll run them over if they get too violent. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're not, there's that, you know, that false safety. You know, you, you can be more aggressive right. or more. Because um, if you ever watch esports, playing. man, and they're playing against each other in the same room, they're so laser focused and they're not talking that shit is so boring to me dude i honestly like you know what okay the 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 gameplay isn't boring like i like watching like especially like like we talked about mortal Kombat, like Mm. online fighters like like those tournaments that shit's really exciting to me because i have an idea of like what skill level you need to like get that good right right right. my mind um and but like if when they they go over to the players and they're just these really boring people i mean i've yet to think i see any esport person that would you know kid or young adult that was interesting in any way as a person you know and and not that they should just be this you know jim carrey character or something but they just seem really really boring I don't yeah know and then they're also their interviews are so awkward too <laughs> sure it seems like the first time they're talking to a person you know and i'm sure for some of them that may even be close to true i mean they may have been in their apartment or with their family only for the, for the last five their years entire yeah. five years for the last 18 you know yeah. what i mean so I think, yeah, I, I, I still don't have the respect for esports that I do for athletic sports, although I do consider it a sport. I used to not to when I was, mm. when I was more arrogant, when I was younger, I used to think, no, this, you know, that's not a sport. But then I'm like, what's the definition of a sport? If, it, if the definition of a sport is um, the attempt for the greatest excellent excellence in a, you know, in a category of, sk- of certain skills. Mm-hmm. you know and and the mind is a, is an organ it's a it's a part of your body as well it's a physical thing then that can be applied to anything it doesn't matter if you're sitting down I say or is, is chest a sport yeah i mean technically then, then, yeah then then to yeah. me esports is you know they're sports right right so it's the same thing it's it's an intellectual game i mean it all does come down to the mind and there's, and there's a lot of dexterity in your fingers and too and, and quick actions and everything Sure. I mean, your response time, I and mean, when you look yeah. at, you know, when you look at the, the mechanics of what goes into being a professional game, a video game player, it's actually rather boring because I mean, it's down to like how, you know, how, how your peripherals, um, uh, react the technology behind them, how good they are. You know, I feel it's a bit homogenized though. It's not like, um, it's not like say a bicyclist where it's like a, um, an attempt to melt the body, the function of the body and its muscles with the bike itself. 
there's more nuance going on there as far as like how the bike is designed mm. and how well it, it, yeah. it works. That's with the why body people keep riding, riding faster is because the shoes are improving. Yeah. Yeah. Shoes, I guess could be compared that way, but, but a bicycle is a better example, I think, because it's more complex, right? There's more things to tweak is what I'm getting at. There's more yeah. dials to turn, right? As far as the technology is concerned, but with like the technology for like a mouse and a keyboard, once one is perfected, it really doesn't matter which fingers are applied. The fastest fingers are going to be the best on a certain keyboard. In other words, mm. it doesn't matter who owns the fingers is what I'm getting at. So it's like, that's kind of homogenized. That's why it's not interesting when they go over that shit. It's like, oh, oh boy, you've got whatever mouse with response time, blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, they know, go over the specs in eSports. Oh, the... dude, they, of course, yeah. they need shit to talk about. What are they going to talk about? These kids don't have exciting lives. It's not like they go out, you know what I mean? Like they're they're not shoot they're not like ex-rappers who became like you know football <laughs> linemen or something you know what i'm saying like they're not they're not going out doing wild shit or at least they're not reporting on it i mean yeah. if i was a professional gamer i'd I'd be dead by now sure with all that money <laughs> like but at least there'd be stories you know what i mean there'd be something exciting about the athlete that you'd want to know yeah i feel like money I mean, is the most dangerous thing for you <laughs> yeah we always talk doubt. about how how much if you came into money how you would give it all away to your friends and then spend it all on <laughs> drugs and that's and all other... I do with it when I don't have it. So yeah, it's like obviously if I just had more of that, I would just do more of that, you know? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I guess I'd do more of nothing. <laughs> yeah. But um I don't know. Yeah, so I don't I think about also another negative, I guess, for me is the amount of time that especially video games or any game can take away. Um, there's only so much I think you can learn or perfect with any um, game designed for entertainment, right? Yeah. Even chess. I mean, although that is a great mental game, there is a limit to that as well, as any right. professional chess player has, will say, we'll talk about. But video games, I think that's the biggest, is that it can be like a drug. It can be something that... Well, it's a dopamine response. Yeah. Other responsibilities. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's games out there designed to help you learn. Like there's like math games and there's word games and things like that. Like when I was a kid, the only games we were allowed to have on the computer were educational games. And mm -hmm. then we could have other games like regular video games on the Nintendo, you know? So yeah i can see how like video games in general can do suck a lot of time that's why you have to make it clear to yourself that this is leisure time this is time that i'm regenerating you know this is not meant to be you know informative or educational at this moment like this time is just to decompress like this is important in its own way i am so terrible at um limiting my leisure time mm absolutely terrible about it I, i'm i'm bad at it in the sense that i don't i don't put it in like and then if i was to then i would just yeah like what you're saying i would just let it run free like i take a whole day <laughs> i just spend the yeah. whole day playing video games if that's what it is like i'm not going to split my day up like you know all right the first like few hours i'm gonna work out then i'm gonna go clean up and then i'm gonna play video games but like that might work but if i put video games in the middle i'm not i'm not doing the other one the other two are, are, are first. The other two are not ha going to happen. Because I'm just going to chill for the rest of the day. I'm just going to, like, because my thing is, like, once I get into that lazy mode in my brain, it's it's almost impossible for me to get out of. Because I, like... Like to uh, self-motivate out of it. Yeah, that's you why I work out. The work. first thing I do in the morning is usually work out. If I can make that happen, then that's what mm -hmm. I'm going to do. Because otherwise... 
if it's the last thing I do in the day, I I don't have the motivation for it. Like I just don't want to do it. Like I'll go do it, but it's it's like five times harder. It's ridiculous. Mm. No, I understand that. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm one of those. I don't know why. I used to talk about this with other people who I used to work out with, and they're like you. They they like to get it done in the morning. I think they have a similar mentality. It's almost like a get it out of the way. Yeah, I don't like working out. It's not fun for me. Yeah. <laughs> for you, I know it is. I know you like yeah, working out. I like it. Yeah, I, I hate it. It's so boring to me. And um, you feel it's a waste of time. I yeah. Mean, than- well, it's it's not a waste of time because the results are there and they happen. You know, right. like that's a good thing. But I'm working out for two hours, and it's like this is ridiculous. This takes so long, and I'm and I and I only rest for like a minute in between sets. It's not like I'm taking you know a half hour on my phone in between sets, like thumbing through Instagram or whatever. You know, like. I'm I'm working the whole time, and it's and it's I a lot. Yeah, I and, you know I think that's why a lot of people hate working out is because it's only a management. It's not like, like it's not like riding a bicycle, right? You you could stop riding a bicycle for twenty years and then get on a bicycle. Yeah, you could ride it. You could ride it again. Yeah, you, you're, you, you lost no skill there, <laughs> right? But that's not true with your body, with your fitness. It's a, it's a, it's a literally a permanent management that you have to do. Yeah. And then once you stop, it kind of, you can, I feel like there's a certain amount of time where you're, you're paused, right. And you're, and you're, if you're working out, I don't know how long it is until you start deteriorating in muscle, but I feel like it's gotta be like around a month. Like if you don't work out for a month, you'll be okay. Like you can come back and you'll be like paused almost. But if you go any longer, you start to atrophy. And then you have to start that process again and you'll be sore again every day for a little bit. And it's like, this yeah. is the worst. So it's like, I can't even stop for like, you know, you know, six months and, and be fit. You know, like I was, I, I worked to this level and now I can stop, you know? Well, it's, so it's like, it's like, there's just lost progress. There is, I think the worst is what I did. Cause I, I agree with you. Like I, there's times where like, I didn't work out for a month or two and then I was, I could feel that I had like, I had to wake up my body or muscles again, but then yeah. I was fine. And it took only like a couple days to recover. Like it was yeah. like one recovery period and I was fine. Mm. I didn't really feel total permanent loss until I hit like about a year. It's like eight yeah. after eight months, it's like eight plus months. That's when I, that's when the real depression of, of, of fitness loss sets in for me because then I knew like, okay, now I've literally got to start over again. Like where I'm yeah. at now, I have to start over again at zero. You know what I mean? So oh, it's so, so frustrating too. Well, because I've yeah. done that a few times in the, in the past, yeah. where um, where I'd work out consistently for about six months and then I'd stop, and then I was like, okay, now I got to start over again. And then I do that a few times, you know, um, and then I started finally. I've been working out for like a year and a half now consistently. So, so what is the most important game that we have to play in life? I don't know. What is the most life important? is a game. Yeah. So what aspect of life is the most important to no, play? The most important game that we play in life. Oh, like what have I found the most like uh useful to to promote like things in life? Like aspects? Sure. Okay. So D D definitely has been the most useful to me. I have I've have, I have developed social skills and you know how to talk to people and how to get them to do what I want through diplomacy because of D&D. D&D so has taught me a lot. Basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
but it but it's someone else's game that you applied. I mean, the the game of D and D itself has taught you life skills. Is that is that yes. what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, because there was this time that um, I was at uh, I was at a hotel and we were having problems with like our, our uh, reservation and we had a voucher and everything and we're supposed to get a, able to get in and out like right away. It was supposed to be super easy, but this guy was like, it was just difficult. Like it, for something was going on, and then um, my girlfriend at the time she goes out to the car to grab something, and then I'm so I'm sitting at the front desk um, talking to this guy and I'm like. I see his name. I say his name and everything. I'm like, so man, you uh, you just start, or are you about done with the night? He's like, man, I just started this job. He's like, I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, I started this other. I had this other job in the morning doing the same thing, and now I'm here and I got another eight hours to go. Like, dude, that's a lot. And then we just start talking, you know, become, you know, chummy. And then he's like, here, I, I got this. We'll just fix it right now. We got everything fixed for you. I was like yes it was like all because of like you know little D D tricks i picked up how to talk to people how to get them on your side and like like just talking to this person and it, it was it was awesome by the time that my girlfriend came back to us everything was done and i fixed it all so the reason she went to the car became like inert like she didn't have to go there anymore to to get whatever she had to get so it was perfect what type of game? What so I think of like the the holy the holy trinity, but like the three major frameworks for types of games. I I categorize this way: physical, social, and political. And by political, I mean by um, how you use only your or mainly your mind to succeed or to win or to manipulate right. things like that. Right. So what do you, which which do you prefer? More physical, more social, or more political? And by social, I mean um, obviously physical is self-explanatory, mm. but by social, I mean, um, a game that requires more teamwork to win. So and which do I prefer to play? I actually yeah. hate social games, um, mm. like that in that, in that regard, I feel like I get lost and just become a cog and I'm not really contributing that much and I don't matter. Um, mm. mind games, you know, I, I I like them probably the most, but I feel like I suck at it. <laughs> I feel like I'm I, like there are people that are way better at it than I am, but I think that those are way more important and useful. And physical games, I also feel like I suck at. <laughs> like growing up, I was never really good at uh, sports. The only reason I played football is because I enjoyed hitting other people. Like that was fun, but I wasn't very good at it. I was just a lineman that just went forward, you know. <laughs> So, um, but I guess fine games would be the, the, the one I think is the most important, the political aspect. And what is the most important, what is the most important moral lesson we should take away from gaming in general? What is it the most important thing it teaches us morally? Hmm. What is the most important thing it teaches us? I would say it taught me perseverance to never give up, to keep on fighting. No matter how far back you are, there's always the chance that they could screw up harder than you did at that finish line. They can trip, they can fall, you can beat them. There's always a chance. So I would say the, the most important moral lesson is to keep going. If you like what you're hearing, or even if you don't, that also helps. <laughs> yeah, especially if you're still listening, then please consider supporting the show. 
We're working hard on our passion to create quality content, and we want to bring you much more. Indeed, we've got big plans for what we want to add to Audio Pong, and we'd also love to hear from you, the audience, on topics or content Zach and I can create for you. Visit AudioPong on RedCircle.com for more information on where to support the show and where to listen. Also, feel free to contact us directly through email with AudioPong at gmail.com. Be happy. Be healthy. And have have a metal metal life. life.